Hey, Freedom Jumpers, welcome to episode 42 of the Agency Freedom Podcast. We take our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to another episode. We jump all the way into the important topics presented authentically and without varnish. This episode is completely different pace uh, because I'm bringing you someone that most of you have probably uh, never heard of. This is uh, a a local connection of mine, Mr. Scott Elliott. Uh, He is a former council person uh, in McKinney, Texas. He is the executive director of One Heart McKinney, uh, and we're going to talk about community engagement, civic responsibility, and get a little bit more on on the community side of the conversation because all of us as industry professionals as agency principals we are all citizens of the cities and and parishes and counties that we uh, occupy we have a responsibility to be faithful to what we are uh, supposed to be doing as citizens as business owners as white collar professionals in our uh, neighborhoods and cities For anyone who is curious to hear about someone who's deeply embedded in the process of local governance, I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. Scott Elliott is one of my uh, friends and mentors, and I have greatly enjoyed uh, our dialogue over these last few years, as well as this episode. So that is it. I'm going to jump right into the bumper. Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening. I almost said watching, but uh, you're not watching at all. So episode 42, Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry, those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. There is so much I wish I would have known before I made the freedom jump to the independent side. I mean, even now, I feel like I'm learning something new every single month. We're all about helping insurance agency owners and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. My team and I replaced six years of captive agency revenue in 17 months with Riskwell. 17 months, man. It's crazy. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and what I've learned along the way. We lay out a blueprint of how to make your freedom jump from captive to indie to market domination. I'm bringing you colleagues from markets across the country with dozens of different specialties. They're eager to share their stories and best practices with you. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. Well, I guess since we're recording now, we should probably say something useful, right? Absolutely. Oh, man. Freedom Jumpers, you guys are in for a completely different uh, style of episode. Uh, I am joined this time by my friend and colleague and mentor, Leadership McKinney, uh, classmate, uh, or, or I should say like community member. I'm not sure what you, you were in a different class. But Leadership McKinney, fellow alum, let me just use that language, it's probably more appropriate, Mr. Scott Elliott. Uh, Scott, I'll let you do your your intro here in just a second. The reason why Scott is on uh, this podcast, he has absolutely no experience in the insurance industry, uh, but he is, is going to join me for a conversation on civic engagement, on the role of nonprofits in our communities. 
Uh, I've had the privilege of knowing Scott for a number of years. Uh, he has served on city council here in McKinney, Texas uh, for one term and shows that he had enough of that craziness and wanted to spend his time in, in different ways. Uh, so I'll let him tell uh, his story. But in case you're wondering, why is this guy on an insurance podcast? You'll find out as we go. And by the end of this episode, I don't think there'll be any doubt in your mind why I invited Scott on here. So, Mr. Elliot, thank you for joining me, sir. Mr. Jenkins, glad to be here, sir. How are you? Honestly, it is a Monday afternoon and the snowball is rolling full speed. <laughs> uh, I am really grateful to get to press pause on my day for a moment and spend this time with you. Uh, listen, I appreciate the invitation, and uh, given uh, the audience, James, uh, there is quite the talent pool that's on the other end of uh, of our talking, which is uh, pretty exciting to me. Yeah, you know, within the next 60 days, if we're about average, roughly a 1,000 people will hear this episode uh, at, at a minimum. That's on the low end of average for uh, for where we are now. So no pressure, but uh, you're definitely going to have a, have a bit of an audience for uh, what you and I unpack together today. So why don't we start just with your, your backstory? Uh, who are you? What are you up to right now? And, and kind of the highlights uh, of your, you know, your life to this point in whatever direction you want to share with us. Uh, I'll tell you, that sounds great. Glad to take you through uh, quickly the older highlights, but certainly it's the it's the current efforts that uh, have me, uh, gosh, probably more excited than I've been at any point in my career. So uh, 30 years in IT after obtaining an accounting degree, spent a couple of years in sales, and then two and a half years ago, things changed, James. Uh, thanks to an invitation uh, from a friend of mine, I joined Community Lifeline Center here in McKinney. We are a nonprofit. We do two things extremely well. We feed hungry people and we keep people in their homes with the lights on. And uh, the last two and a half years, I can say, have been as fulfilling as the as my entire career, honestly, because uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, how business ownership translates, I think, uh, pretty well to civic engagement, as you mentioned, but also to work in the nonprofit uh, sector. And then, um, goodness gracious, two weeks ago, uh, I assumed the executive director position at a new 501c3 that is being born called One Heart McKinney. And James, as you know, we are seeking to improve the well-being of the entire community. And we're going to do that by helping our friends and neighbors in need effectively and honestly, efficiently access the help that they need. And because that's not enough, and because you know this as well, uh, we are seeking to build a grocery store in the middle of your prototypical food desert. I think a lot of uh, the folks on uh, on the podcast would know what that means, but we have yep. a bunch of folks that cannot access uh, nutritious food at a reasonable cost. And so we're also uh, working on that project as well. You know, I think one of the most interesting and enlightening things I took out of my leadership McKinney experience. And let me just pause for a second and say, just about every good municipality has some corollary to leadership McKinney, yes. uh, where it is an open invitation for citizens to apply to be a part of a class, which you know spends a number of months going through the various uh, roles and functions of a city to you know, better understand the city, to promote better engagement, uh, civic responsibility, and, and just better understanding from the citizens uh, to to have better representation, to know how do things happen in your city, 
how do things get done? Uh, who are the key stakeholders that, that make various things happen from staff uh, positions to elected positions to the variety of departments uh, in any given city? Uh, I, I think it's fascinating that our, our, our audience is literally scattered all over the country uh, in urban, in suburban, in rural environments. Uh, in, in townships and cities and, and parishes literally all over the country. So wherever you are, there is some version of Leadership McKinney, which is how Scott and I got to know one another. But I think one of the, the, to get to the point, other than that little blurb about, hey, this is what it looks like in a leadership uh, program in your city. One of the things that Scott and I have both encountered uh, in our Leadership McKinney journey was how these things happen, you know, from infrastructure perspective, from public transportation, from uh, food services. I think the concept of a food desert may not be as well known uh, to people as as you might think. So if you want to explain what a food desert is, uh, and, and that's obviously, you know, a very small piece of what you're doing at One Heart McKinney. Um, but I think the awareness of these uh, municipal Activities is something that a lot of agency owners and and insurance professionals are probably not that aware of, and I I know that because before 2018 I certainly wasn't, and I would think that I'm you know reasonably well aware uh, you know local person. So why don't you explain what a food desert is, and then before we jump into the rest of the story, I'd love to hear a little bit more about One Heart McKinney because the concept of this like quarterback that helps other nonprofits do their thing, I think is is absolutely stellar. Uh, and, and that's probably something that listeners need to hear more about. Glad to. Uh, so, you know, a food desert is really an area in a community where it is difficult for residents to access nutritious food at a reasonable price. And, and honestly, part of that is, uh, is transportation. Part of that is uh, the hours that it might be open. And so there are a lot of folks who may be in need in some shape, form, or fashion, but certainly food is at the, uh, at the top of the list. And so if we can help folks get access to nutritious food at a better price, at a better location, and in a much more obtainable way from a transportation standpoint, then we win, James, and the community wins as well. Absolutely. And then uh, One Heart McKinney, uh, at quarterback, I think that's as probably as, uh, as good, <laughs> good an analogy as I've heard. So our mission at One Heart McKinney is to improve the well-being and resiliency of the community as a whole. And it doesn't matter where you're, whether you're urban, suburban, rural, or anything in between, there are friends and neighbors that need help. Yep. And at least from a McKinney standpoint, certainly, we've talked about the the ability to set up a single point of contact, if you will, for folks that are in need. So the folks can only tell their story, have to tell their story one time instead of multiple times so that we know enough to say, listen, you know, we can help you here. We can help you there. And by the way, we're going to send two or three more warm referrals to other agencies that can help you with specific needs. One Heart McKinney, um, is really based on a, on a study from the University of Texas at Dallas that was done in late 2019 and identified several areas of concern in McKinney. And honestly, I just had a, another meeting at a nonprofit down in South Dallas and their list of items to concentrate on or services to provide were not unlike ours. And so 
From one Hart McKinney standpoint, that means food, and that means nutritious food at a reasonable price. It also means shelter. It means education. It means job and job opportunities. And then last but certainly not least, health. And as we define it, James, health is not, it's, it's physical, it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's mental. And, you know, certainly as folks have watched the sporting world this year, uh, we can tell as a country just how much we are struggling with the mental health side of health. So that's what we're after. Um, we have so many nonprofits here. Literally, I, I'm sure a lot of the communities are the same, James, but we have literally almost a thousand nonprofits in our county and certainly hundreds within uh, the city of McKinney. What I think is particularly noteworthy on the One Heart McKinney side, though, it's not just nonprofits, it's businesses, it's the city, it's government, and then it's also uh, faith congregations as well. The goal all to work together uh, as one. Now, I, I don't even know where to start because there's so many great tangents from that. You know, the the people listening to this may be tempted to ask, what is going on with this episode? Why is James, why did James invite this guy on here? And let me just say, there is a Scott Elliott analog in just about every city in the country. At least I hope there is. I, I expect there is. There are organizations similar in in form and function to uh, Community Lifeline Center and, and One Heart McKinney in just about every city across the country. And civic engagement uh, is definitely something that we have not spent really any significant time talking about on this podcast, uh, but it is something that I care a great deal about. Uh, it just never really came up in the content of what we talk about here about how to run better businesses and better agencies and to you know, be better bosses and leaders. When we extend the lens and the focus, Freedom Jumpers, I'm talking to you right now. When we extend our lens past our own agency, our own team members, our own families, all of us coexist in communities, regardless of, of what kind of community it is. Uh, there is definitely a, a responsibility that comes from being a business owner or a, you know, a white-collar professional. And I think that having this kind of dialogue uh, may perk someone's ears up uh, to action that needs to be taken. Uh, maybe it's something as simple as, you know, reaching out to an organization locally and saying, hey, what do you need? I've got some extra money in my marketing budget this month, this quarter, this year. What do you have the greatest need for? Let me stroke a check to you. Or, hey, you know what? Why don't we have a volunteer day at the office once a quarter? And, you know, we are going to, as a team, come and give of our time and energy to a local nonprofit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I could go into so many examples there. But that is why Scott is on this episode. I, I think it is incredibly relevant. And honestly, shame on me for letting 42 episodes of this podcast uh, go by uh, before we do anything really discussing in detail of civic engagement and, and responsibility. So, uh, Scott... The uh, the question I really wanted to ask, just to get some backstory on you, because you really are uniquely qualified to speak to the intersection of the business community, the business world, and the nonprofit world. Uh, what was it about this meeting that you had in 2017 that caused you to say, you know what, I think I'm done in the for-profit business world, the traditional white-collar uh, telecom executive where you have been uh, for you know 30 plus years? 
What was it about uh, your journey that caused you to shift? You know, I think, wow, I could answer that a hundred different ways, James. But, um, you know, I have, I truly believe that everything we've been through in our life, personally, professionally, all aspects, prepares us for what comes next. And, you know, the leadership side of information technology, honestly, was far more uh, interesting to me. And I think uh, certainly lined up with my skills probably better than the technical side. And so as I, as I had that visit with my good friend, Angie, it was, my gosh, I have been at least, not that I'm perfect, but I have been as much as I can be about helping people, about encouraging people, about having empathy, about having uh, a solid discussion about what work-life balance looks like, and really, honestly, practicing kindness. Uh, I know that's uh, almost maybe worn out after the last two years, but we've been awfully doggone short on it. And so as I looked back on the experience and looked at what was needed on the Community Lifeline Center side, it's like, man, I, every, everything I've done has prepared me for what it would be like to be uh, working or heading up, uh, working in or heading up uh, a nonprofit. I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't know where you get your philosophy from, whether it's the Bible or from a Spider-Man movie, but <laughs> James, you and I have discussed this, that um, from whom those have been those who have been given much from them is expected a lot in return. <laughs> With great power comes yeah. great responsibility. There you go. I like that. But <laughs> oh, it's man. true. No, but it's it true. is. It is. And so, you know, in my circumstance, you know, I had an accounting background as well, IT, leadership. It has really been incredibly helpful for a small nonprofit. Uh, we have just a handful of folks that work here. Uh, we like to say we're small but mighty on the CLC side. But uh, all that really did prepare me for being here. And, you know, honestly, I didn't, it didn't take long. So the third day I was on the job, our server died, and it was a wretched and permanent death. And it's like, okay, I might have a little bit of IT background that might help. We had, yep. had some, you know, some financial statement changes to make. So all of those things were good. But certainly the ability to come into a small nonprofit and do a lot of things um, was huge for me. And think about James. Also, you told me a little bit about the the folks that uh, are listening to the podcast. I mean, you have hundreds, if not thousands, of people that are successful business owners. And if you are a successful business owner in 2022, that means you survived a couple of, couple of just hellacious years from a business standpoint, customer standpoint, hiring standpoint, leadership standpoint. At, you're, you're, the folks who are on your podcast are uniquely qualified to help in a variety of manners, a, a variety of ways. So yep. they have to have leadership. They have to have the right people on the bus and the right seats. I'm sure you guys have talked about that as well. Oh, we've talked about some traction up in here. Yes, sir. Yeah, there you go. And they, I think, as important or more important those other things, there's a mission. And they've connected their people and their work and their strategy and their thinking to that mission. I don't know. I don't know how it would get any better, honestly, if you're going to go recruit somebody to head up a, a nonprofit than uh, that description. So that all those things wrapped in and it's just chance to help people. And that was an extension of what my business career was. When it comes to positioning as an industry, I don't know if there is another industry in our entire economy as a nation that has come through the last two years in better shape. Uh, 
as as opposed to so many of my clients in uh, food and beverage, uh, in in professional services, uh, in residential services, especially. You know, I think of the janitorial uh, service companies and you know those kind of industries that were just absolutely decimated. The, the mom and pop retail uh, decimated, and then insurance as an industry has enjoyed two of the best, most successful, most profitable years in the last two years that we've ever had as an industry because so many people encountered a very specific need for insurance. Yeah. And and that has positioned a lot of agency owners in much better financial standing uh, than many of their clients might be. So th- there is... Uh, you know, I, I said it kind of jokingly, but with great power does come great responsibility. And uh, I, I think that is something that a great number of agency owners and, and professionals can probably look introspectively and ask ask yourself, Freedom Jumper, the, the question of, am I engaged in my city and the local needs around me? Maybe it's church, maybe it's a nonprofit. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to give back. I'm not in any way saying that there's only one way. You know, by George, there's hundreds in every city out there. But as we continue this conversation, I would just invite you to reflect uh, on, am I giving back in an appropriate fashion of time, of energy, of financial resources? There's lots of ways to give back, that's for sure. So, uh, Scott, I, I want to hear about the the intersection of the business world and the NPO world, a nonprofit world. What are maybe one or two lessons that you have picked up in the last two years of doing the CLC uh, executive director job where it just causes you to stop and think about, you know, interesting ways that business and nonprofit world can support and and help each other meet uh, individual goals in a mutual sense? That's, a, that's an outstanding question. And I think um, I'll probably lean, James, on a, just a Oh, probably a couple of quotes we've all heard. So I'm sure you all have the Zig Ziglar quote that if you help enough other people succeed, then your success is almost guaranteed. Paraphrase. Yep. You can uh, have anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. And I can't think of a better mission uh, from a nonprofit standpoint than that. And we've uh, used a phrase here in McKinney that a you know, community is at its best when everyone has the chance to succeed. When those who are, in essence, standing tall come alongside those who are struggling, it just makes the community a lot better. And so I got, let me take just a little bit of a, a, a tangent on your question also. It's like, how, how do you get involved? And so we talked about nonprofits, but certainly uh, you, you talked about Leadership McKinney. I think any uh, city, probably over ten or 20,000 people probably has something Similar, that's such a great way to start. And certainly finding out about the city and how it works and uh, some other things are cool, learning a little bit about leadership. But honestly, James, you know this, is uh, would be the people that you meet. I mean, it's your classmates. The yep. people that you met during class, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like high school. You think, oh, man, we're all going to keep in touch. No, that really happened. You know, about half of them you don't see again, but half of them you see almost every week in your city. And that is just a really cool thing. Uh, another way to get involved from a, a, a city standpoint would be boards and commissions. Uh, you know, McKinney has, in our case, seven people that serve on city council, and certainly there's a city government as well. But literally, there are uh, 19 boards and commissions that have almost 200 positions that, in essence, 
uh, are the face of the uh, of the uh, the city council and to an extent the city government uh, to folks that are citizens and, and live in the city. And I, I cannot tell you how important it is to have folks that have the skills and abilities that the folks on your podcast have to serve on those boards and commissions. It is just a huge, we, we have a, and a lot of cities are like this, but we have a embarrassment of riches. The last time we had uh, the cycle where we appointed folks to boards and commissions, James, we had, I think, uh, 43 openings and we had almost 200 applications. I may have those numbers a little bit wrong, but what a, what a fact. Love that. Yeah. I mean, God, that's beautiful. We have talent. And then on the nonprofit side, just to, to talk about, certainly, you know, you can work at one, but as James mentioned earlier, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, there are, there are organizations that need time, talent, and treasure. And what I see, and if I could probably advocate for one thing, it would be find, find an organization that fits your passion. There's not a necessarily a need to start a new nonprofit. We have enough nonprofits in our area, I assure you. But to find one that really stirs your heart, that says, man, I want to get involved because I like helping these folks or I like helping cure this situation, man, that is just phenomenal. There's not going to be many folks that if you call them up and say, listen, I have a passion for helping feed people. I noticed that you do that. Can we have a discussion and see how I might be able to help? There's not anybody that's going to turn down that phone call, James. And we love getting those phone calls. Hey, Freedom Jumper. Are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who is it, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. Um, so many people are just too busy with the things that are right in front of them, their job, their family, their circle of friends, their favorite show to binge on Netflix. Uh, so often the, the concept of civic engagement, of giving back uh, to your, your fellow man, fellow woman in, in your local community is, is simply just neglected. It's just forgotten categorically. And I think one of the great things about you know episodes like this in, in various forms, whether it's a commercial on TV or uh, it's, you know, a, a documentary or something is just shining a light and reminding people, hey, this is happening. And, you know, there, there's this weird thing that happens in your mind when you realize that concurrently to you living your life, like you and I sitting here spending, uh, you know, roughly 45 minutes together on this interview, Every other human on the planet is concurrently living those same 45 minutes in so many different ways. And I know it seems like such a basic, simple thing. It's like, of course, James, everyone's living at the same time. Duh. Like, what a ridiculous thing to say. But when you realize and you really think, at this moment, everyone I know is living their life. Every single person is sitting somewhere 
at 3.56 on a Monday afternoon. I was just like, wait a second. We really are all in this together. And it's when we recognize that and take whatever appropriate actions are available to us that I think that's really where the power, the intersection of uh, of business and nonprofit and obviously city government uh, and anyone who is engaging in the conversation of, you know, let's make sure that everyone has an opportunity to win. Uh, th- there is so much that goes into success in an agency. And I would ask the question, if all we're doing is building an empire and getting a nicer house and a nicer car and maybe a another vacation or two, uh, what are we doing? What's the why behind all of this hard work that all of these wonderful people listening to this podcast are putting in into their life every day? If all we're doing is building our own kingdom, uh, is that is that enough of a why? Is that a strong enough reason to get out of bed in the morning? For me, it's not enough by itself. Like if there's not work being done on a higher purpose, a higher calling of some sort, then eventually the grind will get you, right? So, sorry, I know you and I could both soapbox on this for a very long time, Scott. So, um, I, I want to ask the next question on the little list here that you and I discussed. Uh, and sorry, let me make good use of my little sound effects here. There we go. Uh, why is civic engagement and volunteerism in general why is it so important for business owners and, and industry professionals? Uh, what are the external benefits? What do you think are the internal benefits for people to engage uh, with their city, whether it's boards and commissions, whether it's something as simple as, hey, would you please vote? Would you please just help decide who your leaders should be, whether it's you know council uh, in a city sense or it's commissioners in a county or parish sense? So many people get so very worked up in a political sense about federal offices, about, you know, the House representatives and the Senate in Washington and whoever's occupying the White House. And I know for an absolute fact, you and I both agree on this, is the local government, civic and local engagement has every bit as much impact, if not more so, on your day-to-day life uh, than anything that happens at the federal level. So would you just talk about that for a little bit, civic engagement and volunteerism? Absolutely. And I, I want to second what you just said because uh, hands down, and I, I'm talking by you know a logarithmic factor, city or local government will affect everyone's day-to-day lives so much more than the even you know sometimes the county, certainly the state, and absolutely the federal government. And as, as we talk and, and we encourage folks to – to express their views and to contribute and come visit and and speak at council meetings, you know the chances of uh, most of us, you know, testifying in front of the state congress is fairly small. Uh, the chance of visiting with and talking to a senate subcommittee is uh, let's call that minuscule. But the chances of being able to visit your local city council, express your views, to advocate for your fellow citizens—that is one hundred percent. If you show up and you want to contribute uh, to the proceedings that night, you will have an opportunity to do that. So, number one, yeah, absolutely. Local government is way better than, uh, in my mind, obviously, than uh, than other levels. Second, um, you know, you talk about how does it help or how does it affect folks that own businesses? You know, certainly there is the cliche 
and cliches are cliches because they're normally true, a rising tide lifts all boats. And if what you are doing as a business owner, certainly, but also contributing to your community in some way, uh, you lift the tide for your community, then that, I mean, that, that's what, that's kind of what we're here for. I mean, you know, certainly improve folks well-being, but, you know, selfishly from a business standpoint, if you have someone that has achieved a certain level of, uh, uh, independence, uh, whereas they were facing a life of dependence, then man, that is super to have hundreds, if not thousands more of those people in your community. It helps the economy. It helps the businesses. Uh, it gives people more, uh, of a chance to contribute on their own. All those reasons I think are what's huge to help, uh, help folks in your community. And then, um, COVID, man, we could talk about, you know, COVID for another year, but one of the things that got really cut off was uh, socially, honestly, you're, you know, we, you and I talked about this, James, for mm-hmm. two years, you know, we're, uh, we're not able to, you know, shake hands or, you know, meet in person or go to a restaurant or whatever. It is really tough to build relationships. We are meant, we are created to be in relationships with other people. And I can't think of a better way, whether it's at the government level, nonprofit level, your local church, whatever it is, that is the way to build relationships. And if you're having a tough time, there are so, oh man, there's so many mental health studies that say, listen, if you are struggling, one of the best things you can possibly do is help somebody else. So I advocate whether it's, whether it's a commission, whether it is a nonprofit, whatever you're doing, if you are helping other people, you're building relationships that wouldn't exist otherwise, and you're certainly helping um, yourself as well. And we, one last thing, I'll, I'll, I'll let go to the next question, but, uh, you know, think about for the folks on your podcast that have kids, a spirit of giving is more caught than taught. And yep. that is an absolute cliche and truism. We have folks, uh, from the CLC standpoint, uh, we had a family that would, uh, collect food for us. And James, they're, Eight-year-old daughter says, I want to help them raise money. And the mom says, what would you like to do? She goes, I like to build bracelets that have words and messages on them and sell them. Her mom, being the awesome person she is, says, that's great. Let's do that. That little girl brought in $500, eight years old. And I said, listen, you know, the the way things work here, $500 provides uh, over 2,000 meals, at least at CLC. So the ability to affect the next generation and to affect the kids that we have charge of, man, what an opportunity. When you bring the kids into it, it really hits home even harder than you and I having an altruistic, you know, idealized conversation about what should be. Uh, When you talk about my kids, all right, now you've really got my attention uh, (laughs) because that, I mean, there is no more important topic. Uh, then making sure that, you know, my wife and I are, are raising those two how they're supposed to be. And you now m- my son turns five in less than a month. My daughter's two and a half. So she doesn't really have any possibility of conceptualizing this in a long-term sense. My son definitely does. And, and the idea of helping our kids encounter people that don't look like them, that have very different life experiences, that have different challenges, uh, Unfortunately, part of the, the the other edge of the sword, so to speak, is you know my success and and as we continue to struggle and grow 
and, and you know hire people and and have uh, you know business accolades is that our kids are growing up with not nearly as many uh, potential hardships a- as we had growing up and then our you know our kids don't spend time around people that don't look like them that have markedly different uh, life experience and challenges and some of that is just natural segmentation of neighborhoods and friend circles and uh, where you choose to worship if uh, if you choose to worship uh, a higher power there's some natural segmentation that happens just in you know in basic city planning and design obviously but the idea that we as successful white collar professionals have an opportunity to educate and empower our kids to understand you know there are other people that live a different life than you there are other people who don't know where their next meal is coming from some people don't have a bed to sleep in tonight you know some people are unemployed and let's say they had a a a bad decision in their past that makes them ineligible for lots of different employment options where they find it difficult to be gainfully employed you know there's so many different flavors of this education of people that have some sort of situation they're working through or a disadvantage of some kind educating our kids even if it's something as simple as volunteering at a soup kitchen i know that's such a a cliche and trite thing to say but even if it's something as simple as you know ladling out a meal for someone who doesn't have the ability to get one for themselves i mean man what an impact on the next generation because if all if all my kids see is dad's success and oh dad bought a truck oh dad has a new shirt oh we took a nice vacation this year oh i get whatever i want as a kid i have a really nice christmas with lots of presents under the tree if our kids that's all they see if they don't encounter any of the stuff that you and i are talking about i mean that's how entitlement happens folks that's that's how a i deserve this attitude happens and the next generation becomes uh you know mouthy little jerks and we we complain about the next generation and you know bah humbug and sound like Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino with the whole get off my lawn sentiments. You know the great way to make that not happen is engaging in these kind of conversations with your kids. I couldn't, so. I couldn't second that more. And you know when I think about uh, the, as as you were speaking there, James, think about the the reach that uh, that you have through this podcast. I don't know if you have done. Uh, you know, feedback in the past, it would be really cool to the folks that are listening to this podcast, whether it's something they were already doing or something they decided to start doing, to send that feedback to you and say, "Hey, man, let's uh, let's let's create a little uh, a little conversation, a little community here." And uh, gosh, you think a thousand people, and what could be done with a thousand people? Yep, a thousand people that are in a position to have impact in their communities. You know, the only other episode we've had where we really talked about it at all uh, was an agency owner up in New York. His name is Rob Bowen, and he is actively working on uh, a a suits for soldiers type of of campaign. And forgive me, Rob, I don't remember the name of the organization off the top of my head. I will be sure to put it in the show notes for this episode and make sure that we promote that organization again. I'll look back and and pull the name out from um, from your episode, Rob. Uh, but other than that, we haven't done anything to talk about any kind of civic engagement or or nonprofit or philanthropy or volunteerism, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I, I think it is a great opportunity to revisit these very important topics. So 
beyond, I don't want to beat that horse all the way dead. Uh, I'm going to switch topics here and, and talk about uh, your time in city council. One, because, gosh, I just find it so interesting, uh, the way that the machine works of, of how city government happens, of how, how the process of governance and, and, you know, getting all the stakeholders on the same page and how things become, you know, come from an idea to a, an actuality in, in a city. Uh, I'd love to ask you just maybe one or two lessons uh, that could be useful for our audience that you learned uh, as a, a city council member. Uh, it was four years, wasn't it? It was four years. Yeah, we, we have one of the yeah. longer um, terms here in McKinney. I think our yeah. numbers are three. Yeah, uh, gosh, let me think uh, maybe two or three that come off the top of my head. So um, this is from a, just a people standpoint, James. Uh, you know, I think we've all heard the cliche that people who are hurting tend to hurt other people. You know, and that's how we end up with uh, certainly generational issues and generational abuse. But one thing I found uh, serving on council is that some people who feel powerless to change their situation try to exert power over others. And, um, you know, if, if you are in the midst of some kind of struggle and you think the city can solve it and you don't feel like you're, you're being heard, then, you know, there would be folks who would come and yell at us and uh, say various and sundry rather derogatory things, but uh, the bottom line is we don't know what folks are going through. There are some folks we have no idea what their struggles are and how they represent themselves in public or to each other or to friends or to us, whatever it is. That was a huge lesson to me because I cannot tell you how many constituent conversations I had that, you know, you think you understand maybe what the problem is, but the problem is not the problem. There are some other things that they're going through that have just exacerbated uh, the problem that, uh, that's been brought to you. So that's, that's probably one thing. Um, and I think, especially, especially your audience as, a, as business leaders, um, at least in McKinney, and I'm sure the vast majority of other cities, the folks on council are pretty approachable. Every yep. email I sent out had my phone number on it. And honestly, if there's one thing I could... Uh, uh, um, advocate for in four years james the number of people that called my cell phone directly was 12 and mm. the number of folks that actually texted me you know to start a conversation was 10 but i cannot tell you how many emails we had that were written by extremely angry people mm. and so you know the thing would be that i would advocate for is a man develop a relationship with whoever the people person or people that are representing you because at some point you'll see something you go, man, this just doesn't seem quite right. Or there'll be an opportunity to advocate on behalf of one of your neighbors. The, building that relationship up front, I think is a, is a huge help. And it's not done by keyboard warriors. It's done by conversation and relationship. I mean, something as simple as a pothole that won't go away. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the most innocent, innocuous little thing. I mean, just, I mean, it's been, gosh, probably two years ago now, but we had a pothole that was on my drive to my office. And gosh, I hit that every third day, it felt like. <laughs> and, you know, a, a month or so went on and the pothole wasn't going anywhere. So I simply, I reached out uh, to council and, um, I think it, I think this is Randy Rogers. I think this is the district that my office is in, right here at Custer and Collins County. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I reached out to uh, to Randy. I think is who I spoke with. Said, I don't know who to talk to. 
are you the right person? And just taking that like innocent approach, gosh, that's such a great way to get counsel to do something. I don't even know if you're the right person to talk to. Can you help me with this or direct me to the person who can? I kid you not, like 48 hours later, that pothole was filled and sealed and it was as good as new. And I'm just like, (laughs) man, that's what happens when you engage with your local government. Instead of going on Facebook and railing about how incompetent the local, you know, public works and transportation division is, we'll just call someone who can do something about it and they'll probably do something about it. So, you know, one, one more thing I'll say, James, uh, gosh, now that occurs to me, especially as business owners on your podcast, um, man, be a cheerleader for your community. I, I, man, can, I can't think of any better group of people than small business owners to advocate on behalf of the greater good. Uh, you know, like you said, almost uh, every city of any size has leadership McKinney uh, equivalent. Well, I, I can say darn near every city has a chamber of commerce. Yep. That is an easy way for, you know, certainly you can write a check and become a member of the chamber and you'll network and meet people. But man, that is a humongous platform for advocating on, beha- on behalf of your community as well. And and I have been very public about my love for the McKinney Chamber of Commerce. I think they are just an absolutely exemplary organization, uh, Lisa Hermes, and all the way down for the chamber staff. I mean, we really are spoiled rotten in the McKinney area that we have such a strong chamber. Uh, So some chambers are not as strong. I have to admit I've been in other chambers and been to other events that just weren't to the same level uh, that we are accustomed to here in McKinney. But uh, if you don't like it, if there's something wrong, then well, maybe that's a great opportunity for you to do something in your local community, help make your chamber better, Uh, especially from one business owner to another. That's, that is a great way to give back to the local community. Yep. And just like, uh, you know, you, just like you would ask of your employees, James, uh, when they come to you with a problem, you would really highly suggest that they come with a solution as well. And whether it's council, whether it's the city, whether it's the chamber, that, that uh, principle still applies. Now, I have to apologize in advance because I haven't prepared you for this, but it, it occurs to me as I'm, you know, we're landing the plane here in just a minute or two uh, on this episode. Uh, the Many people may not be familiar with McKinney, Texas. Uh, outside of two incidences that have unfortunately both been on relatively the same uh, set of concepts. Uh, a few years ago, I believe it was 2016, if my memory serves correctly, uh, there was a, a young uh, African-American girl, probably 16 years old, somewhere around there, that got into an altercation with a police officer surrounding a, a pool party. Uh, that made national news and there was a whole big kerfluffle about that. Uh, and then a former councilman, Lashadian uh, Shemwell, uh, was in national news again for a similar issue regarding uh, systemic racism and just inequalities in our communities from one people group to another. Uh, I know where you're going to answer because you and I have had this conversation uh, multiple times, but uh, what do you think is the best way for us, or perhaps not best way, but a great way for us to address these concepts as business owners, as potential community leaders, when we we have these tense and complex issues like systemic racism, like inequality at a civic, a citywide level, what is a, a productive and beneficial way that we can engage in this conversation uh, to help move the needle in a positive direction in our communities? I'll say probably probably two things, James. I uh, there are. Gosh, so many folks in our community 
that uh, of every race and every persuasion that I've had the opportunity to have a con- uh, conversation with. And I don't know how you learn um, what other folks experience unless you have those conversations. And just develop, to be able to develop the relationship to listen without judgment. I'm not trying to you know, sound like I'm some perfect person, but uh, that is certainly it, to be able to listen and to do your best to understand. I will never understand what it's like to be an African-American. There are so many other experiences I I just won't have. So the best thing I can do is uh, visit with folks and uh, do my best to learn. And then the second thing that seems to be, um, I would say, effective across the board is there are, uh, you know, we talked about it throughout this podcast. There, there are there are problems. There are situations that need to be solved. And if you do that as a community and across cultures and across uh, races and across ethnicities, and you work together to solve a problem, I think that's pretty much the the foundation of any good relationship. You got to understand it before you can start attacking it. No, it, it, if you're sitting in your walled city, hurling hand grenades at the other, whatever the other happens to be, uh, that I don't really think anything ever gets done. Uh, no progress ever happens. No no unification, uh, no advancement ever happens if everybody's just lobbing hand grenades over the city walls. Or that we, we could go, you know, for 10 podcasts on that one subject, but uh, I wanted to, to kind of provide some context because I imagine a lot of people are like, McKinney, Texas, isn't that where that young girl got, you know, tossed to the ground by the police officer at the pool party? Because, I mean, most people probably haven't heard from us otherwise, unfortunately. Unless you're, you know, reading about those best places to live list, in which case, yeah, McKinney's all over that one. Thank you, uh, you know, good housekeeping or whatever the publication was that named McKinney. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we go, man? We're ready to land this plane. No, man. I, again, I just uh, thank for letting me come on and chat. And uh, I really am excited when I think about uh, the, I mean, y'all are a force, James. I mean, you put you put a thousand people toward any task and and put, put a thousand people and point them in a certain direction. Man, there's a lot of stuff that's going to get done. And the cool thing is, yep. is good stuff gets done. So nothing else. Well, and the beautiful thing is so many things are already happening because yes. I know a lot of my colleagues and peers uh, are just shaking their head yes going amen come on let's go because they're already doing it they're already engaged Absolutely. and for those of you out there the chris paradisos at rob bowens of the world that are already very active in your local community that are giving back in ways that nobody ever hears about um yeah my hat goes off to you for sure James, can, can uh, i say one more thing absolutely man go for it so one of the cooler things too about being a part of one heart mckinney going forward is uh, not just addressing the five areas that we have, uh, that we've identified, but also learning what else there might be out there. And so uh, if I could ask, and I don't know if you put this in show notes or, or what, but uh, uh, my email address is scott at oneheartmckinney.com, spelled out. And if you have a cool, innovative way that you are providing service uh, to your friends and neighbors in need, man, I would love to hear it because uh, we certainly don't mind uh, taking... Uh, taking advantage of ideas and uh, things that have happened in other uh, other cities. So I appreciate it. No, yeah, I will definitely do that. Uh, this episode actually is going out on Friday, this Friday. So uh, those of you that are listening uh, when it first drops, then 
Yeah, this is going to be fresh. Uh, I will definitely put Scott's email uh, in the show notes. Feel free to reach out to him directly if you want to. Uh, and I don't know a better way to end this episode than that. This is a different flavor than what you're used to hearing. Uh, we have plenty of content and will continue to. Lots of really cool things planned for you guys uh, for this year. But I'm glad to be able to press pause on the whole you know, build an empire, a very profitable, successful agency thing that we spend most of our time talking about uh, and pivot to this uh, civic engagement and volunteerism and, and giving back is critically important. And I don't, uh, I don't apologize for, uh, for taking a detour once in a while in that direction. So uh, Scott Elliott, the executive director of One Heart McKinney, friend and colleague, I really appreciate you uh, taking your time on this Monday afternoon to talk with us. Hey, best of success to you, James, and to all the folks that are listening as well. Excellent. That's another episode in the books. Ladies and gentlemen, make it a great day, uh, and we will talk to you real soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite podcasting platform to get automatic updates on every new episode and help other people find us organically. If you like the content you hear, please drop us a quick review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share Agency Freedom with someone you know who is still on the captive side of the insurance world. They'll thank you later. You can connect with other Freedom Jumpers, ask questions, get advice, and share your best practices in our Facebook group. Just type Agency Freedom Podcast in the search bar. Visit our website at agencyfreedompodcast.com to sign up for our email list and get access to exclusive resources and sign up to be a potential future guest on the show. We welcome your comments, feedback, and ideas. Email podcast at riskwell.com and we'll look forward to hearing from you. Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help our listeners go from captive to indie to market domination. Until next time, let's go. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, at Virtual Intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high-quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60-second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. 
That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.